Thanks for tuning in to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. You're listening to an interview with Rebecca Mutz on dealing with infant loss and grief. For today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your Newborn Promise Project, please visit GrahamBlanchard.com. Hello, I'm Audra Haney, and today's topic is tender and yet very hard. Rebecca Mutz and her husband Jake were so excited to meet their daughter Molly after a happy and healthy pregnancy. However, on the day she was born, Molly was life-flighted to the nearest children's hospital where doctors found an inoperable brain aneurysm. After searching high and low for additional options and medical help, Rebecca and Jake were only left with the option to enjoy Molly for one week and then remove her from life support. We have Rebecca's full testimony of walking through the emotions of that decision and saying goodbye to Molly in part two of this interview, which will air next week. It is so powerful, so please join us again for that. For today, we've kept our discussion a little more broad and asked Rebecca to talk about the weeks and months that followed. We also asked her to give us more applicable and immediately practical advice for those mourning the loss of an infant and advice for those supporting loved ones who are grieving. Rebecca, you had just walked through this unimaginable and and painful experience of losing Molly. Just talk to me about the weeks and months that followed. What were some things that helped you grieve her loss? In those, I would say those those days and weeks after uh, after we came home from the hospital, really one of the things I enjoyed the most was all of the cards I got in the mail, all the letters, all the heartfelt, like, just words that people sent us. So we got so many cards and some from people we didn't even know. And we got thoughtful, like, sweet little gifts and things with her name on them. Um, we got, we just got so many, so many sweet things from people who cared and for who were just grieving with us. And, um, you know, I really, I, I, I would, I would take any letters that we got and I'd go up to, you know, cause we came home from the hospital and we had a whole nursery, um, that was set up. We had a crib and we had sheets and we had diapers and wipes. We had clothes and we had all this stuff, you know, and, um, I would sit in her room and I, that's where I'd read all the letters that we got. And I would, I would just read books. I'd read other people's stories and I would, I just, um, I ate up, um, all that, uh, you know, other people's experiences. And I, I would, I connected with lots of other, um, bloggers, lots of other women who'd, who'd gone through losses similar to mine and, um, and just made lots of connections that way. And I think that's, that's what kind of kept me going was, was, um, just connecting with other, other believers who had walked through similar loss. Um, and also just, hearing people's kind words, um, too. You know, men and women, they process things so differently. How did you and Jake really even grieve differently? And, uh, what did that look like in marriage? Yeah, you know, it is, it is, um, you know, we, we know that men and women are different. Um, but it's, it's just, it's so interesting to go through different life experiences and see how different you are in, in those experiences. So, grief is no different. Um, and how you, um, you know, we had a counselor tell us, um, that in grief, 
you guys are going to grieve. Um, you're going to grieve together. You're going to grieve different. Like Rebecca's going to grieve a different way and Jacob's going to grieve a different way. And you guys will grieve a different way together. So we're like three different entities of grief, essentially, um, for our relationship. And which was really, really helpful because I think it gave us, um, it gave us permission to grieve separately and then to grieve together in different ways. So, um, you know, I, I think I grieved, I grieved by, um, you know, connecting with people online who'd gone through what we'd gone through, um, you know, talking to people on the phone, talking to my mom, talking to my friends, my sisters, my, you know, family, people like that. And Jacob grieved, um, you know, just grieved differently. He was, he was really angry that he could not find a way to fix her. You know, he really, he really, and he would, he said this in an interview um, once before that he felt like he had failed her um, because he didn't fix her. And, um, and so he, he really had a hard time um, just, even though we had come to uh, a piece about the decision of taking her off life support, he just still felt unresolved like he could have done more. And um, so I think he was dealing with some of that in those, those days prior to, or um, those days after she died. And, um, but then together, I think one thing we tried to do together that was really helpful is we tried to go on walks. You know, Molly was born in, in June, so it was gorgeous outside. It was summer. And um, so we would, we tried to go, we didn't do this very often, but we would try to go on a walk every night and um, just download and just, you know, you talk for five minutes, I'll talk for five minutes and just, you know, how are you doing? And, um, we would go on drives together and we'd go up to the mountains and, um, we tried to, uh, we tried to make sure that we were making uh, time for each other to connect and not just grieving separately, because I think that's how you end up, um, being driven apart as a couple. You're not grieving together. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely difficult to have those three different ways of grieving, but then at the same time, it was, it was, um, it was helpful to come back together and, and, you know, talk about how, how you're doing. And, um, and, and we still have to do that even now. I mean, it's been almost nine years, but, um, you know, we still, we still grieve, grieve Molly in different ways and it, it will pop up, um, randomly. Um, but yeah, our marriage, it's not definitely far from perfect, but, um, you know, it, when you walk through something like that, it really does draw you closer um, in a way that you just can't, you can't fathom otherwise. And you mentioned cards and all this loving support that you received, but talk to me more about the importance of a faith community in a time like this. Yeah. You know, I think the importance of having a community around you is just so, uh, you just can't replace it with anything else. I mean, we had friends at the time we were in a small group, um, when Molly was born. And so, uh, we were able to walk through our grief with that small group, which was really helpful. You know, no one in that group had gone through something like we had. So I'm sure they were uh, completely clueless and felt ill-equipped <laughs> to walk us through that. But it was neat to still have those friendships. And, we were, and we'd stay close to all those people in those weeks and uh, months after. And it was really, really helpful to have those uh, those people to come back to and uh, share, you know, just how Jacob and I were handling things differently and, um, you know, with our church, we um, we actually went through a grief workshop kind of deal with our with the hospital. They offered this bereavement program, but it did not have the hope of Christ woven through it, obviously, because it's a hospital. Um, and um, 
so it was neat because we went through the bereavement program at Children's. And then after that, we just, Jacob and I both looked at each other several times and kept thinking, why don't we have this at our church? Like, why don't we have this at our church? But this is what we need to be doing this at our church. And so then we went to our church and found out there is a grief workshop, but it was very um, minimal. It was very small. And so we just jumped in and we attended and also led at the same time, which was really, um, really uh, healing to do. It was very therapeutic to have something to do with our grief instead of just feeling sad. It was good to do something through through our pain. So we um, ended up becoming um, not leaders in our grief workshop at church, but we ended up helping out in a lot of ways through the grief workshop, which was neat because then we got to even meet more people who were walking through infant loss and um, different things like that. So it was, it was so important to have our church around us during that time Now we go to a very, very big church. So, you know, it, it wasn't as an intimate feeling as you would have if you were going to a smaller church, but our church still surrounded us. And it was really neat to jump into the grief workshop because I think we were able to really do something with, uh, with our pain. And I know it's true on small things and even big things uh, in life like this, but there's this constant conflict that suffering does bring us closer to God. Would you say that's been true for you guys on this journey? Absolutely. I do think the pain and suffering just brought us closer to the Lord. I mean, we really, we really did. Um, that. I, that is probably, I feel like that time period of my life with Molly, um, you know, that very first year, especially, I felt so close to the Lord, so close to him. So, um, you know, I just, I depended on him far more than, um, than uh, that I have in recent years, because I just was so desperate for, um, because it was so tangible what we were going through that I just so desperately needed him, you know, and, and I desperately need, I need Jesus every day now. I mean, just with the, the daily mundane of kids and, you know, messes and life, um, However, walking through grief, it, it is just so different than just the, your normal mundane daily tasks that um, I just, I felt so drawn, um, drawn to cling to him um, because I just couldn't do it without him. I, no, not, not within a, no way could I have done it without the Lord. No way. You know, and with drawing closer to God during this season of grief, what were some of the biggest spiritual lessons that you and Jake learned? Um, you know, I feel like some of the biggest lessons about grief is just how you do it as a couple, frankly, which I know I've already talked about, but, um, I think just how you handle grief, um, everyone's going to handle grief differently. Um, however, we've seen lots of people deal with grief in the years that we've done the grief workshop at our church. And we've seen some people just not deal with it, like stuff it. And, you know, there are no, there's no perfect way to walk through uh, death. However, there are some ways that are not healthy. And so we've really seen um, the benefit of walking through grief in a healthy way and talking about it and dealing with it rather than stuffing it or hiding it or not talking about it. And um, that's been a huge life lesson. Um, you know, working through grief together as a couple is another big lesson because if you don't talk about it together, um, you're really driven apart. Um, and keeping Keeping um, keeping God as number one has been another another uh, big lesson um, because He is He is in the midst of it all and He knows He knows everything and so to keep Him front and center was truly helpful because you know 
we just, we just, you just don't know what you're doing. And so if you can keep going back to the Lord and keep asking him for help and asking him for wisdom and guidance, it really, uh, uh, it really is, it's a, it's just a big lesson. And Rebecca, you decided to tell Molly's story in a book called A Symphony in the Dark, Hearing God's Voice in Seasons of Grief. Tell me about that decision and what the process looked like and how writing that even helped you heal. You know, we decided to um, tell Molly's story in a book and it was really, um, really therapeutic. Uh, my, my parents have written lots of books and so they already have the, um, uh, the publishing side and all those all those details already worked out because they've already done so many books. So they, that piece wasn't a big, like, well, who's going to publish our book or who's going to help us, you know, whatever that part had already been done. And so, uh, we were, we were able to, um, we were able to write it and have it printed within a year. Um, so it was like, I had a copy of my hands before her first birthday, which was like so fast, <laughs> so, so fast. Because I don't think we started writing it until uh, so she was born in June. And I don't know that we started writing it until like either that fall or that winter. So to have it really done in like six to nine months, is really pretty quick. But writing that book was so therapeutic because I think it helped us um, or it helped me especially really um, process through um, through my grief. And it it also was neat because I was able to get it all written down like a timeline for what happened and when it happened and what it looked like. And it was neat to see things from my mom, my parents' perspective and not just our perspective because, so she wrote it with me, my mom did. And um, she was able to write pieces from her perspective as the parent. And then there was a, and then there's a piece from me as the mom. It's really cool. Um, it was really neat to write it with my mom because we were able to share that experience together and we were also able to get it on paper. And now I have like this complete timeline and I'm not thinking, wait, now what day did that happen? Or when was that? Like, it's already, it's written down. So I can go back and look at it and, and I can, my kids can read it one day. I mean, how cool is that? Like they can read her story. Um, and not that we won't have already told them about it because our kids do know about Molly, but, um, but it'll just be neat for them to be able to read the whole thing um, and just for them to know because they weren't there, you know, so. And Rebecca, through the book and through your willingness to share so openly and honestly about your grief and your journey, how have you seen God use Molly's brief but very big life? I've been able to see God use her life through the book, of course. Um, I, I was able to, um, I flew to Texas, uh, trying to think when that was probably late 2010 or maybe it was 2011. Um, and I spoke for this large group of people who did, they do every year, they do this like walk to remember, and it's for people who've lost babies and they all go on this short little walk and they remember their babies and they release balloons. And they asked me to come be their speaker, <laughs> which I just was so honored by. Um, and, um, so I was able to speak for that group and, um, I've been able to share it with several, uh, mom groups here called mops. I've been able to share it with my mops group and then, um, you know, just being able to connect. I've had, you know, our family, because our family obviously walked through this with us, 
you know, they'll every now and then run across someone who's going through something different and are similar and they will uh, share our email address or they'll share our phone number, you know, with our permission, of course, and they, you know, then we're connected with this other couple who's walked through something difficult. And so, you know, we've just met so many people that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten to meet and God's really used her story um, with lots of other people. And it's also been neat to see God use it in our kids' lives. You know, we tell our kids about Molly. They know about her. And, you know, she's buried at a cemetery like like less than 10 minutes from where we live right now, which was not always the case when we had Molly. It was more like a 20-minute drive away. But now we live, you know, um, pretty close by, which was not on purpose. Um, just kind of worked out that way. But, you know, our kids our kids will blow her kisses when we drive by her cemetery and we will go visit her on her birthday and we will sing happy birthday to her and we will play at her, uh, at her doorway is what we call it. Not her grave, not her gravestone. We call it her doorway. Um, cause it's like her doorway to heaven. Um, and, um, we will, you know, we take our kids there. We get to talk to our kids about death and about, you know, what happens when we die and we get to talk to them about Jesus and, um, you know, about faith and about just all that. It's just been, it's just been neat. And I know that lots of parents don't talk to their kids about death and our kids are six, six, four, and two. So, you know, that may seem like a really young age to talk to your kids about death, but, um, you know, our kids know about it and they know that like people die and that that's just a fact of life. People die and we're not always going to be around. And, um, so it's just been neat to see how God has allowed us to use her story to, you know, not only minister to other people, but to also to our kids and te- tell our kids about it and teach our kids about death and about life and about heaven and, you know, all of that. And how has walking through Molly's death and even just this beautiful restoration of seeing God use it down the road, how has that changed your relationship with God? I would say my relationship with the Lord uh, looks differently I think I just feel, I don't feel like I have to go searching for God. I just know he's there. I know he is there. He is always there. And he is, um, he is an ever present help in times of trouble. I and mean, that's the verse from the Bible. And it, I know that he's there anytime I need him. And so I think it really deepened my relationship with him um, during her life and death. And, you know, the, the months and, you know, first few years following her death. Um, were real, uh, you know, um, real special. But I think in, now that it's been a few years, um, you know, I just, I think my relationship with the Lord is just so constant. I mean, I just know that he's there. I know that he's able to help me. I know that I can call on him. Um, I know that he has a reason for why we go through things. Uh, when I go through really difficult times in my marriage, or I go through a difficult time with one of my kids or with a friend, you know, I know that um, even though this is difficult, I know that God has a plan and he has a purpose and we just may not see it this side of heaven. You know, we may not see why God does what he does until we get to heaven with him. And I also know that we just live in a fallen world. You know, we don't live in a perfect world and there are, um, you know, we are imperfect people that relate to other imperfect people, you know, and so things are going to happen and uh, relationships are going to fail and fall apart. And, um, but I know that God is there and God is, God is God and I am not, and he knows uh, far better than I do. And I may not be able to see it, but I can trust him that he knows what he's doing and that there is a plan that he has for us. And one day we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it here uh, when we're, um, you know, still walking around earth, but maybe we won't. And I've got to trust that he knows what he's doing. 
And, um, and if he wanted me to know, he would, he would tell me, <laughs> you know, I think God would, God reveals things to us um, that he wants us to know all the time. God in his wisdom just knows what we can handle, what we can't handle. And I'm just glad, I'm glad he knows better than me. And Rebecca, you and Jake have gone on to have five beautiful children, one of which is only just a couple of months old now. But tell me how has walking through um, just the grief of Molly and um, her life and her testimony, how has that changed your experience um, with motherhood? You know, I am so grateful that we had Molly first. Um, that that we walked through grief um, before having any other kids. Um, and I think she, experiencing her life and death, paved the way for me to have a just different perspective and a different view on parenting. Now, I, I still yell at my children. <laughs> I still get upset with them, and I still I still mess it up all the time. I am far from perfect, and I'll never be. Um, but I do think that it has given me a perspective on parenting and on mothering that you just don't have unless you've walked through a death of a child, um, and, or a miscarriage even, not even just the death of a child. Like if you walk through a miscarriage, you, you probably still hold, hold life so differently, you know, after that, because you know, it's so precious and you just know it's not guaranteed. So, you know, I, um, I go and I don't know if other moms do this who have not lost children, but I love to go and kiss my kids every night before bed, before I go to bed when they're asleep. Like, I, like I'll go check on them even after they're in bed and asleep and I'll kiss their sweet faces. And I just look at them and I just, I just cannot believe that God has given me five kids, um, that he has given me, um, this honor of being a mom to, to these five kids. I mean, he is just, uh, so gracious and so kind to have given me four, uh, five more kids. And, um, so I think it, I think it definitely changes my perspective on parenting. Um, but I still, I mean, I'm just like every other mom, you know, I mess up and I do it wrong. And, um, I wish that they would leave me alone so I can just have some time to myself. I mean, I still wish those things. And I, I think when Molly was still alive, I remember sitting in the hospital thinking like, I will never, um, you know, I'll just, not that I'll never yell at my kids, but like, I will just be such a better mom because of this. And in some ways, yes, but in other ways, no, <laughs> you know, because I, I still, I still, I still mess up. I have to ask my kids to um, forgive me for, you know, getting upset with them about something silly. And I still have to tell them I'm sorry for, you know, various different things. So it, it has sweetened, it has, I think it has sweetened my mothering experience and made it uh, just different. And Rebecca, what would you say to maybe those listeners who they're watching a friend or a family member walk through the death of a child? What practical um, encouragement or advice would you have for them? You know, some advice I have for families that are watching your, uh, you're watching your own family go through infant loss, or you're watching a friend going through it. And, you know, I would just say, don't, don't walk away from them. Um, don't leave them hanging. Um, you know, everyone is going to go through grief differently. And I would also say that, um, you know, they, they may tell you to, you know, give them more space. And if they do, then give them, give them that space, you know, obviously respect people's wishes, but, um, I would say definitely, uh, keep loving them, keep asking how they're doing, say, say their child's name even. I mean, that's one thing that we learned, um, 
uh, early on in grief is that we loved it when people would say her name. I mean, anytime now someone brings her up, I mean, you said it a minute ago that you're impressed that I had time for a phone call. And I will tell you, I will, I will do whatever I can to anytime anyone asks me about Molly, I will always share it because I love the chance to get to talk about Molly. I mean, it's like getting to talk about any of your other kids, you know, and I, I know that we will not always be sharing her story because eventually, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep growing and, you know, life is going to go and um, pass and other things are going to happen. And, you know, her story won't be as relevant as it was, as it is now. So I know that anytime I get to share her story is just such a gift. So, um, you know, I would definitely say to families and friends that are watching someone else go through something like this, just um, uh, sit with them, cry with them, just listen. Um, I mean, I had a friend come over once um, and she helped me look through photos and pick photos for like a little photo album. And, you know, I couldn't have done that by myself because it was just too hard to know, like, which ones do I pick for this? You know, because it, it seems like a silly task, like, which pictures do I put in? You know, but she sat and, and walked through that with me, which was really sweet. And, um, you know, and and I just had people just sit with me. I mean, just coming and sitting with me was just really um, you know, all you need is sometimes is someone to just be there with you uh, and not say something. And, you know, the and and you didn't ask this, but I'll I'll go ahead and say the one thing I will I would recommend that people not say is don't don't fix it. Don't fix their pain because you can't fix it. Like you can't fix the fact that their baby is gone. Um, uh, no one can do that. Only the only Jesus can fix our pain. And um, so don't try to fix it by by offering that they'll get pregnant again, that they'll have another baby, that it will, it will work out or it's going to be fine because you know what? It's not going to be fine. Um, they are forever changed now. They are forever different. Um, they'll never be the same. I look back at pictures of myself before Molly was born and I just see a totally different person. I see a completely different person and I'm glad I'm not that person anymore. Um, but I am different. I'm just, I am different. I am changed. And so you know, don't fix it. I had a lot of people tell me that, um, that God would, God would give me more babies and he did, but I didn't know that at the time. And you just don't know what God will do. Um, you just don't. And so I would, I would caution people against offering, offering that kind of advice that oh, you'll have more because you just don't know. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I just, I think just, just, just kept coming around people in their grief and just, um, one thing too that people would ask is they would ask me what they could do to help. And when you're in grief, you don't really know what you need. So really what you need people to do is just say, Hey, I, I want to bring you a dinner. When can I do that? Or, Hey, I really just want to just come sit with you. When can I do that? Or can we go on a walk? You know, when, when would that work for you? And, and offer, offer specific things that you want to help with that person rather than asking them to, to tell you what to do. Cause they just don't know what they need. Um, when you're in grief, you just, you have no clue. So. And Rebecca, what advice or encouragement would you have for those who are personally walking through the death of a child? I just think it is, I just feel like it's just so important to cling to the Lord, even when there's so many unknowns. And, you know, whether you have just lost a baby and you are like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Um, one, one really important uh, thing that my mom told me in the days after Molly died, as she, um, there's a, a great quote from Elizabeth Elliot, who um, I think lost like three of her husbands, like tra in tragic ways. And 
Um, but she, her, the quote from Elizabeth Elliot is to just do the next thing. So my mom was like, if, it, if you need to do the laundry, just do the laundry. Don't worry about what's going to happen in two hours after that. Just do the next thing. So if you need to eat, go eat. If you need to take a nap, go take a nap. If you need to do the laundry, do the laundry, you know. So it was just do the next thing, which was really helpful to not feel overwhelmed by this big, what do I do next? Or how do I handle the next few months of this? Or, you know, because it can feel so insurmountable to have this big task in front of you of, I've got to get through Greece and how am I going to get through it? And it just, the days feel so dark and the waves come so fast. Um, the waves of grief too. That's what we, one of the things Jacob and I always called it was these waves of grief because they would come on you like a wave, like you don't even know it's coming. And then all of a sudden you're overcome with sadness and tears and just like you're falling apart and it's fine, fall apart. Like in those moments, feel it and allow that wave to wash over you and just feel the pain acutely, you know, just really, sit there and just let it, let it enter your soul. And, you know, if you fight it, it's just going to come back sooner. You know, it's got to come through because we've got to walk through these, these, these painful moments. And um, those moments, um, they, they, uh, they just, they are hard, but they are so good um, if we let them come through because we're able to work through our, our feelings. We're able to think through how this made me feel and how I, how I'm processing this and what grief is doing to me right now. And, you know, so I would, I would, if you're just walking through a loss, I would say you're, you know, to just, if you feel grief come upon you, let it come upon you, sit down where you are, just let it, let it wash over you, you know, cry if you need to cry, Um, you know, shut the door to a room and yell if you need to yell, you know, journal, write, um, call a friend, you know, whatever it, I think, I think it's just so uh, important to to work through grief instead of fighting it. Um, and then for, you know, if you're if you're pregnant and you have a diagnosis that your baby's not going to make it um, or you you aren't sure of this pregnancy or you just, you know, you've had other losses before and you're pregnant again. And, you know, there's so many unknowns when you're pregnant. Obviously, there's no there's no guarantee you're going to have this baby. Um, my my advice is to just enjoy each day that you are pregnant. Enjoy each moment with that baby um, and just ask the Lord to help you um, with that fear and that worry. And I had to, I had to do this with each, each one of my pregnancies after Molly, because again, my first pregnancy with her was so sweet. It was so, uh, so um, innocent and just wonderful. And all my pregnancies after have been wrought with fear and worry and what if, and oh no. And, you know, and so I, I have, I have learned to, you know, let those moments of fear wash over me the same as grief and just let it come over me, you know, feel the fear, ask the Lord to help me, help me um, give it to him and trust him that he knows what he's doing. And if we, if we have to go through loss again, that he'll be right there with us. And um, just like he was with Molly and um, you know, it's, it's so, it's just so unknown to be pregnant and to be uh, wondering if, you know, you're going to have this baby or not. I mean, I was just in that position like, you know, two months ago, wondering if I was going to give birth to a live baby or not, you know, because you just don't know anything can change in a moment. And so, um, but it just, it, it is so helpful to uh, just seek the Lord in that. And it's another opportunity for us to trust him. And I can't think of a better way to close this um, podcast out um, other than having you pray. Pray for those who are 
walking through what you walked through nine years ago, um, would you mind just praying for those families who are experiencing the loss of a child and just lift them up uh, to the Father today? Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to get to share Molly's story again. Thank you so much for um, the gift of being able to um, talk about my sweet girl and talk about her life and talk about the way that you um, showed up in so many cool ways. And God, I just, um, I just pray that her story um, meets some hearts right now um, who are walking through grief. Um, I know there are so many women out there and men out there who are walking through the grief of losing a baby. And Lord, I just want to lift them up right now. And I just want to ask that you would be so near, uh, that you would draw near to their hurting hearts, to their their uh, swirling, swirling minds that have so many questions and so many regrets or so many like wishes for more time or, um, and Lord, I just know that you are with them and I just ask that you would be near and that you would show up in, um, in really, uh, really neat ways that you would show yourself to them and that you would, um, show up in sweet ways so that they know that you are there and that you are present with them and that you are sovereign, even when their world is falling apart and they're, um, they have just so many questions and so many, um, what ifs and, just all of that, I just pray that they would be able to um, take their questions, take their uh, fears, take their worries, take their anger, take their pain, and that they would be able to just offer it to you as a sacrifice and just be able to give it to you, Lord, each day, each moment that they are overcome with all these feelings and not to stuff their feelings, but that they would just offer those things to you, Lord, and that they would feel safe. Um, to offer their pain, offer their anger, offer their sadness to you, knowing that you can handle their pain, you can handle their anger and their hard moments and their sad moments and their uh, their grief and just um, their wishes for more time with their child. And um, and I just know that you, as you were there for me when Molly died, I know that you are there for these people and for uh, these hurting hearts. And I wish I could just hug each one of them because I would, I would come to them in a heartbeat and I would and I know that I can't but you can and you can wrap your arms um around these these hurting souls um and just uh bring them the promises that you have for them that uh that you are with them that their baby is with you that their baby is whole and made new and is looking at your face and is 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 being held by the by the God of the universe and what a cool picture that is, Lord, that you have Molly, that she's sitting in your lap and you're telling her stories and that she is with you in this moment. And each of these babies that have gone on ahead of us, Lord, I just, it is so heartbreaking to think about them leaving our sides and not being with our families, but that they get to be in glory. They get to be with you. What a treasure, what a treat, Lord. And I cannot wait to be with you too, Lord. And I know that these precious moms and dads that are just so, so aching for their child. I know that they long to be with you as well, and they long to be with their child again. And so I just pray that you would just be with them in these moments, that you would be ever present in times of trouble, in times of help, times of need. You would be with them. You would be just so obvious in their lives and that they would be able to see you and cling to you for for what they need, Lord. And I just thank you for each of these precious 
precious people and uh, that they desire uh, to 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 lean on you in these dark times. And Lord, we just thank you that you have a plan, you have a purpose, that you waste you waste nothing, uh, that there is no waste in your economy, that you you have a plan for each of our lives and our babies' lives. And I just thank you for that, that that one day it will all be made clear. One day we will see uh, your plan and purpose for us. And we just love you. We thank you for this pain, even though that no one would ever ask for this pain. Lord, we do thank you for it because it does give us an opportunity to draw ourselves closer to you and to trust you with so much unknown. And so we thank you for this pain, even though that can be so hard to say. We thank you for it. And we just ask that you would just help us. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank Rebecca for sharing in such a wise, transparent, and God-honoring way. Please join us again next week to learn more about Molly's life and more about her story. It's an episode that is certainly rich, and you don't want to miss it. We pray that the God of all comfort will be near you in your grief. Remember, you can get today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your Newborn Promise Project at GrahamBlanchard.com.